the beam because we are back and it's time for nerdy for 30 the podcast where we talk about nerdyish things for 30 ish minutes my name is kevin bauer aka the critic's choice with me as always it's my faithful companion tim keck the people's champ companions 2024 let's do this (laughs) uh companions till the end buddy (laughs) all right and today we're talking aquaman we sure are specifically we're talking the lost kingdom right but i mean we're gonna dabble in some thoughts about the first aquaman i have some thoughts we were initially gonna do two separate pods and then I got kind of sick and we didn't. Now we're doing one. And I think that's fine. I think that's all both Aquaman movies need. Uh, they seem all of, we we saw the new one. Then I went back and rewatched the first one and everything made a lot more sense. Kevin, I'll say that right off the bat. OK, the beginnings of these movies. I mean, the second one is just copying. They're mapping a ton of stuff right away the beginning of aquaman in the lost world a little weird with aquaman doing weird stuff with his kid and it's all the same stuff that his dad did with him during the first aquaman movie Mm -hmm. which is fine cute whatever from there it derails a bit kevin i like the first aquaman movie it's it's solid i it's 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 fine it's i had a decent time watching it i don't know if it's because The second one was so bad that I enjoyed the first one, but I found the first one very watchable and it's dumb. There's there's dumb things in it, but very watchable. The Lost Kingdom was tough in a way that the first Aquaman is not tough. I feel like I'm already losing you. Your eyes are rolling. You're having you're having like seizures on your end. I don't know if I should call 911 and get get somebody over there to watch you. I just I just didn't think we were going to fight this soon into the podcast. <laughs> I think the first Aquaman movie is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I came no. into this year. I came into this year, Tim, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk more on the pod about how it's amazing that people are making anything at all. You know, who am I to say that something is subjectively bad or objectively <laughs> good? Maybe the function of a reviewer in this day and age where everybody has access, despite what Christopher Nolan wants, is for us to get out there and express our own opinions. But with the caveat that it's just our opinion, that way, the people who are listening to reviews and going around the Internet can just kind of try to find people that they seem to share similar takes with uh, so that they can kind of curate a list of people. And if that person liked a movie, maybe they'll like it, too. Um, I'm going to throw all that away just immediately and say Aquaman 1 is the worst movie I've ever seen. It's so bad. It's rivaled <sighs> maybe only by the monsters on this no, podcast in terms of how bad true. a movie can be. It's one of the only movies we've watched on this podcast that I haven't finished. I watched Aquaman once before. It was on a plane. I did a horrible double header that was Aquaman and then the first Shazam movie. I do not recommend it. Um, Came back to it. I was like, you know what? I watched it on a plane. Clearly a cell phone. That's not the kind of screen this was meant for. Maybe if I watch it on a big TV in my own home, I'll appreciate this thing more. Fuck no, dude. This movie sucks ass. And I love James Wan. <laughs> this movie sucks the first all one. the ass. The first one. I really enjoyed the beginning of the second movie. I thought, oh my God, they did it. They actually managed to make me care about Aquaman for the first time really? in the DCEU. And then I agree. It totally got derailed. But I thought that the shitty movie that it derailed into was infinitely better than the first Aquaman. 
Wow. I disagree. I feel like the first one makes so much sense and it's guided by, you know, the love story of his parents. Like we have a mission statement. We know what's going on. He's torn between two worlds. He has to become the king. He gets to go on an adventure with Amber Heard and it's just fun. It's just it's pretty chill. It's a little silly, but it's it's much better than the second one. There are cool hand-to-hand combat fights that we do not get in the second one there are awesome trident fights where they're like going after each other and that's just out in the second one uh it it makes sense but that doesn't mean it's good i understand what pig shit is but i don't want to eat it (laughs) i want to see more fights i like the fights i like them going after each other there were cool scene amber heard ripping all the wine out of those bottles to attack somebody pretty cool i i think the first one isn't too bad Uh, I did have two (laughs) major flaws in the story of this movie, Mm -hmm. which I think is so funny that Aquaman in the first one is basically on a quest to get this gold trident. By the way, both movies love tridents. Oh, yeah. That's like the main thing. That's Aquaman's main thing is tridents, trident, trident. So in the first one, he goes to get a gold trident that will essentially allow him to rule. He's the ruler of Atlantis. He unites his people. Everyone will see this trident and, and, and bow down to Aquaman. So he shows up in the middle of a war between between his brother, the Ocean Master and these crab people who were pretty, pretty chill in the second movie, I will add. (laughs) And he just starts murdering everyone. He is so violent when he arrives in the middle of this war and he is taking out Atlanteans left and right. And it's crazy. This is the guy who's supposed to be ruling them. And he immediately comes in and just massacres all of his peers, <laughs> right? All the people he grew up with, you know, no, I guess he didn't grow up with them, but the people that are supposed to be working for him in the future, he murks them all. Very weird. I'd say it's a bad diplomatic strategy. Then the, the twist is like, how is he going to defeat Ocean Master? Ocean Master's better in the water, but Aquaman's better on the land. And so then there's a moment where everyone Everyone just agrees. Yeah, let's go fight on land, this place we never go. And so they all go to the surface and they fight on the land where Ocean Master isn't as good as Aquaman. Obviously, in the second movie, he doesn't even know how to run. So why (laughs) did they all just allow this ocean, this this like rooftop above water battle in this thing it makes no sense that and and also that then they end the, the movie with a skylar gray song which is just not the right vibe for this it's it's just a weird those are my biggest gripes kevin do you, do, do those make sense are i those, mean it I makes sense. I, you overlap with me in that these movies have the most dog shit soundtracks I've ever heard. Maybe the only contender is the first Suicide Squad movie where they saw what James Gunn did with Guardians of the Galaxy and they're like, oh, we can do that. And then they just straight up ripped <laughs> off like a 17 year old's classic rock playlist. And it's like, oh, yeah, these are these are the classics. These are all the ones that I mastered in Guitar Hero World Tour. Um, the first Aquaman movie is all over the place sonically. And the second one's not much better. The second one's trash, Kevin. It's uh, yeah, I it's it's pretty terrible. This one's all about an evil trident, mm-hmm. which is owned by Manta. Uh, and Manta origin in the first movie kind of I get it. You know, him and his dad are pirates. His dad sacrifices himself for him. He's bent on vengeance on Aquaman. Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. He is he is a stepping stone 
to the Ocean Master in the first one. Manta gets so much disrespect in both of these movies. It's unbelievable. And they don't do anything to change him in the second one. They're just like, wow, he's stronger than before because he has the Black Trident. And then immediately he is dethroned so they can fight the real real villain who is like some demon from another world. So Black Manta is once again just a pawn in somebody else's scheme which I find incredibly disrespectful to a great actor and I think a pretty cool character. But again, even in the second one, he's just brushed off as insane. He is insane. There is no subtlety to this. He is going insane and nothing is real. And he's just (laughs) losing his mind and terrorizing the people in his crew. It's it's a bummer, man. It's It's a bummer how they disrespect Manta. I don't understand how they did this. Like. This would be like if the Joker was just standing the way of Batman fighting, I don't know, Clayface. Like, I'm not an yeah. Aquaman head, but I'm pretty sure Black Manta is Aquaman's arch enemy. I really don't understand yeah. why they've done this. He feels like he was shoehorned into both movies and he is the arch enemy. Maybe they thought, hey, we could have like a great family dynamic going into the first movie, but. I think I speak for everyone when I say I don't give a fuck about Ocean Master. His name is stupid. The most interesting thing about Aquaman or Jesus Christ. Hey, shows where my head's at. All these things, they blend together. These movies are terrible. The most interesting thing about Ocean Master is the fact that he's played by Patrick Wilson, who in an alternate universe would be like a perfect adaptation of the comics Aquaman. Like he looks like what Aquaman is quote unquote supposed to look like. I don't think we need to go with what the comics have done as gospel and all these things, but it is kind of interesting to see Jason Momoa, who is basically Lobo fighting someone that looks like they are Aquaman. Well, he looks like original Aquaman. Yeah. And then there was a point where Aquaman got his hand cut off and it was replaced with a hook and he grew out his hair long. And it feels like that's more of the vibe Jason Momoa is going. And I think he fits that. And I kind of like Jason Momoa. I mean, this just further proves my theory that Jason Momoa is one of the legendary hangs in Hollywood. I mean, this guy, everybody loves him. No one has a bad word to say about him. And he just is in stuff. And it's great. It's great. He references Marvel movies in DC movies. Uh, the, The Marvel heroes talk to him about him being Aquaman. I mean, he must just be like the chillest dude and... That's that's the only that's the only explanation for a lot of this stuff. Remember when he was in the end of the flash yeah. and he just like improved, like pretended to be drunk or something and then passed out in the street. And I was like, man, off camera, the crew must have been dying. They must have been hands on knees like Jason is up to it again, man. This guy can't miss. This guy can't miss. Dude, it was <clears> like that. That post credit scene was like watching an outtake from a foreign language movie you made with your friends in high school. I don't know if you had this. It seems like everybody had this thing where like you could make a movie in one of your foreign language classes, but you have to speak in the language the entire time to get extra credit. Oh, those things were just that was where the stars came out to play at my high school. And the outtake reels that the these bad boys sometimes the runtimes surpassed the actual videos. So that feels like one of those. I think he's got a what are you gonna say? That was the best part of like any videos made in school yeah. was just 
always there was a blooper reel that was twice as long as the original (laughs) because that was the only fun part that we had in this like the project was not fun uh, and then we got to make a funny thing afterwards you slap some music over top of it that you liked that did not fit was going on at all and then the uh sound designer for suicide squad went around the country and gathered up all those songs and took the top 10 most used ones and made that the soundtrack suicide squad in 2016 (laughs) um yes Dude, Jason Momoa seems like a great hang. Uh, do I regret literally everything I've said on this podcast, thinking that maybe he'll see this one day and no longer want to hang out with me? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, the thought crossed my <laughs> mind while we were recording. You know, James Wan made one of my favorite movies ever, The Conjuring, also made Malignant, which is one of the fucking raddest <laughs> horror movies of all time. It's and, rad as hell. Um, oh, man. Yeah, that that exact that thing right there. That's why I was like, I got to come into this year softer. And then you made me start with Aquaman, Tim. <laughs> what if he did a horror version of Aquaman? That's what this was supposed to be. Do you know that about Wait, the trench? It was? Yeah. So this no. <laughs> was supposed to be, this was adapted from a pitch that they'd had when the DCEU was young. It was just a twinkle in Pete Safran's eyes or whoever the fuck was in charge of it. Zack Snyder. Um, they greenlit a ton of projects, one of which was this movie called The Trench, which was supposed to be a straight up horror movie starring Black Manta about him going into like this basically haunted Marianas Trench where this black trident is. And then I think coming out of that movie was going to be Aquaman 3. It was going to be like Black Manta, but now powerful with this trident that he won in this movie coming back to threaten uh, Atlantis. And instead, with all the shifting and, you know, all the everything that has happened when I need to go into it with the DCEU, I think they may have had contractual obligations to Yahya Abdul-Mateen. And so I think that's how we ended up shoehorned in this movie is they tried to make the trench and Aquaman two, three, whatever at the same time. It definitely feels like a lot of him plot wise, considering how useless his character is, like mm-hmm. how ultimately it doesn't lead anywhere. It's like. It's a lot of him. He's a big focus of it. It's a lot of Randall Park. Yeah. I enjoyed oh a lot. <laughs> and it's it's so much Randall Park almost to justify the scenes with Yaya. Like it's it's crazy. Also, I thought I thought they did the actors so dirty in some of these things like Yaya right of the way, <laughs> like right at the beginning of the thing. Right. They find the trident. And uh, when he comes up for. Well, OK. So at some point during the movie, he's I think he's threatening Randall Park. He pulls out his knife and he's like, the only time I pull this out is when it tastes when it's going to taste blood. And then he nicks Randall Park and puts it away. Badass line. But 10 minutes earlier, we had seen him uh, like come up from the trident, have a panic attack, pull the knife out, swing wildly, hit nobody and put it away. So. Like it's immediately undercut by something that we just like it's it's so fucking basic, but it's it's like why I laughed at that line now. It's supposed to be badass and it's a fucking joke because it's not fucking true. And (laughs) (laughs) on top of that, they let the camera run just a little too long on some of these scenes of the actors diving in the water. 
Oh, some of those are brutal. Like the last scene with like Patrick Wilson when he dives away. This is a guy who clearly was told to pretend to dive like off of a, <laughs> off of a soundstage and just like puts he does the thing where like one foot's planted and one foot goes up like you're pretending you're diving. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> he's like he's standing in place and acting like he's diving. And it's so clear. And that's just and he's just standing there and they just linger on it just a little too long. And there is this amazing scene that I was like, where, where him and Jason Momoa wade out into the ocean. And it's so goddamn funny because it's just two guys <laughs> like walking out into the ocean, clearly with no superpowers. Yeah. I was like, if this is the tone they took with the entire movie, it would be so goddamn funny. <laughs> if just every time, <laughs> if they just made it really obvious that, that Jason Momoa is just an actor and that he is struggling in the water. Mm-hmm. And that's just like a sub game of the entire movie. So that'd be so funny, man. That's the blooper reel I want to see is just them all struggling in the ocean. Uh, oh it'd be so great especially because it's like they can do that (laughs) thing where they scoot forward super fast like they can swim super fast in the ocean and when they were coming into the shore off of the desert i was like how far in do they have to be before they can do that scoot thing because we do just see them wait for a while and they're no better at waiting you'd think they could like scoot (laughs) wade man should we think about that it's the most egregious lingering shots we've had since secret invasion last summer with sam jackson (laughs) should we add a new category to the rennies this year uh the cranberries presents did you have to let it linger award for the (laughs) shot that went on too long (laughs) like how many times did we see sam jackson how many times did we see sam jackson exit through a door and the door shut before the cut happens in secret invasion oh my god that's so funny dude that's really good I'm totally uh, down for it. That's so funny. Let's write it down. God, Cause some of these just kept going and go dude. And the editing was so bad in this where there was, there was literally like, there were moments when Aquaman is like choking out black Manta mm-hmm. and then it just cuts to him fighting somebody else. And there's a scene where he gets knocked down and Amber Heard saves him. She saves him like five times in this. Oh movie. yeah. And then is and then it's not heard from again. The Amber Heard omission is Film wise, jarring. Yeah, it's insane how little she's in this movie because she seems to be a crucial element to the story. They could have just like edited her out, maybe, or like cut her character entirely if they were going to do that. But they half assed it in this weird way where you're like, is she here? Does she matter? Like, I it's so jarring that Amber Heard is like she shows up and then says nothing and is just there with them. Yeah. For like whole scenes like t- there's like 20 minutes of just silent Amber Heard standing next to them, not interacting with anybody. It's so weird. She even does it. She saves when he's sleeping with the baby in the bed. He's like sleeping with the baby on his chest or whatever. He's like sleeping in the room. Yeah. And the baby's near him and she comes in and she just stands there and looks at him for a while. There's so much Amber Heard standing looking in this. Yeah, they just like cut all of her dialogue so that she could stand and look. And the beginning of it paints him like a single father. Yeah. Like, oh, he's so exhausted. He's burned out. He doesn't have a wife. And I'm like, oh, my God, did they just, is that good? Is he, is he so exhausted because they edited her out of the film? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like he had a wife. Things are going great. And then all of a sudden she got into this terrible Johnny Depp accident and things uh, spiraled for him. Oh, my uh, God, dude, they had. So answer me this, Tim. Why? Are they living on land? There is no reason. This is like if you were the mayor of Atlanta 
and you lived in oh i didn't mean to make an atlantis pun with that by the way i i wish i picked a different <laughs> mayor of atlanta city. yeah let's let's pretend let's stick with it let's pretend you're the mayor of atlanta and you decide that you want to commute to work from chicago like why would you would move to atlanta it's not like you can't breathe georgia like you can breathe georgia <laughs> go move to atlanta uh yeah uh, he has no obligations to the land. No, but it's his dad and he has a kid and he and he likes the land. It seems like he is also at some level more comfortable on land. Like that's still yeah. where he gravitates to, which is interesting. The commute is fascinating. How long is it taking from him from to get to the house from the house to Atlantis? Like before he needed a ship, right? Like didn't, you know, Mara or whatever take him in a in a in like a submersible yeah and he needed that to get there is he super fast now is he faster well they can I do mean, the scoot also, thing but then they had that octopus with the them scoot. the entire time and the octopus oh, I love can't the octopus. do that the octopus is fun but they rolled up on that jungle and I was like how did the octopus keep pace with them this entire time like they're superhumans <laughs> yeah. that's really long for that octop- octopus that poor guy is he riding on them or something? Like he's got to oh, be like maybe. riding shotgun, but they don't show that. But that'd be a fun, a fun image. It would he's be. just around. Yeah, he's just keeping pace with him. He's like a little back, which is crazy. Just yeah. wraps his arms around the front. <laughs> I saw that he was that character was like an old Aquaman like duo. For like him. they would go around on adventures together. Yeah, they were in the <laughs> comics and stuff. And they made jokes about him playing musical instruments because there's scenes where he like has the octopus play music and things. And there is probably a fun buddy cop movie in this where it's him, Patrick Wilson and the octopus just going on an adventure (laughs) like X marks the spot, just bouncing around, trying to find this black trident before Black Manta does like that's that's a fun movie. That could be fun. You're just relying on the chemistry of these guys. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I want. (laughs) I just I really just want that'll be my my little game for the rest of the year is I'm just secretly turning every movie into lethal weapon. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, you know, what if one of them was more of a renegade and the other one was more of a stickler for the rules played more by the book, if you will. And then uh, the octopus, he's more of a Leo gets. (laughs) What you whatever you want, Leo Leo gets. There was like. You know, and we talked about Spider-Man 2 on the pod Mm. and how technology was the only thing holding them back as far as Spider-Man and Doc Ock's movements. Yeah. Like the thought put into the way those like CGI characters move is fascinating. It's so good. And just the execution is the technology isn't there yet. That's really the biggest flaw with that. Yeah. I was fascinated with how they were scooting through the water (laughs) and the mechanics of that. Like, what do they have to do? Like, are their feet together when they're scooting? Then there would be like moments when they do like a frog kick, but they're going the same speed. So like, are they just, they just start scooting and they can do whatever they feel like, you know, while it's happening or their feet like fluttering. Like, what is, what is this? Do we need to know? Do we really care? I don't know. But it, but it did stand out to me as a, maybe a flaw of of maybe it'd be a fun thing to explore of like how these guys actually swim and actually move and maybe make that a part of the combat underwater and 
I don't know. That's that's the kind yeah. of stuff that you take a movie an extra mile and really blow people away. I feel like. Well, I wonder if they'll do anything like that with the Superman movie with James Gunn because, like, it's effectively the same thing, right? It's some sort of like self propulsion where Superman is up there, he's in the sky, and he's kind of like gliding. But at a certain point, he can fly faster. Like there is a means by which Superman can be flying and he can decide that he needs to fly faster and do something like that. And when you see the scooting happen for the first time or when you see him learn how to scoot in the first Aquaman movie, Willem Dafoe just kind of does the Superman thing where suddenly he rockets away and is not immediately apparent what he's doing. My understanding was that they kept their legs mostly together, like knees are mostly together, but your shins and your feet are like waggling back and forth really, really, really quick. And maybe that motion's pushing you forward because otherwise there's nothing mechanically about them <clears throat> that should allow them to swim faster than a dolphin or something with a tail fin that is made to swim like this. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, I feel like this is like a classic comic book debate of like, do we need to know why Superman can fly? You know, like maybe it's it's not important. It's just fun to believe that he can. Sure. The tires on the Batmobile and, argument. Yes, exactly. So. Maybe that's what we're doing. What I'm saying with Aquaman now is we're nitpicking like too much. Like how does Aquaman swim? But he's like doing barrel rolls and like fro- like he's like he's like Superman flies like two two fists out. You know, maybe one to the chest flying with like it looks like he's flying and he is going in a straight line like a bullet. Mm -hmm. And Aquaman is underwater and he's like goofing around and using different kicks. And also like the way you move through water, there's a million different strokes you can do. And you'd think each hand movement would like do a different thing. And I don't know, maybe it's too complicated to dive into. But I mean, that's the kind of shit they probably did in uh, in Avatar 2. Yeah. You know, where like, how do they actually move through the water? A little bit of that could have been fun. Yeah, know. this is maybe the only time in my life I'll say that this movie could have used a little bit of James Cameron's attention. <laughs> you could have given it a little look at bridges this episode. How uh, the uh, oh boy, with Aquaman, the tone. I think what throws me off so much about the first movie that I started to appreciate in the beginning of the second movie is that the first movie had a very serious tone. They were taking themselves extremely seriously, but the world wasn't built well enough to sustain that. So you have people delivering very dramatic lines, but instead of doing things like they did for Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, where you will kind of change things. So you're not saying like, I don't know, uh, two faced, you're saying Harvey because it's established to a real human being that you've seen. You're putting more weight on something that more of the audience can latch onto. You have people in the first Aquaman movie very seriously saying, then he will become the ocean master as though that's something that we're all attuned to. All the names are so fucking dumb. King Orm, get out of town. Garbage. The second movie in the very beginning Seemed like it actually understood what it was. The closest thing in tone was like an Expendables movie where it's like, thank you. You are going to be a garbage movie. It's going to be a blast to put on on like a Saturday afternoon (laughs) or watch for 15 minutes when I'm looking at all the TVs at Sam's Club. Like this is like a perfect Sam's Club Sunday movie. (laughs) And 
then it just goes <laughs> off the rails. It just it forgets what it is. It tries to cram too many movies in all at once. Uh, we get like a weird jungle adventure. It was like Escape to Witch Mountain for a minute in the middle of this. And we're watching them go yeah. through this jungle where there's the flowers trying to eat them. And then we cut forward in time and it's nighttime in the jungle. And nighttime in the jungle seems pretty chill. At this point, they're just walking. <laughs> it's different from every other jungle we have ever heard about. But by the time night hits, they're just kind of hiking. Right. It seems like nighttime is the last place that you want. You you don't want to be in the jungle at night. No, fuck no. That's when, that's when the hunters come out and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And they did like a weird jungle thing in the first one. Like is is the jungle. I guess I'm not as familiar with just the Aquaman comic books. But it seems like a lot of it is like magic and dinosaurs and, you know, giant flowers and like weird prehistoric ancient things because they they hit it pretty hard in both movies. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of hitting pretty hard, I I noticed that Aquaman was really clobbering some humans Mm -hmm. and. How is he not killing all these? Oh, he (laughs) is. The Aquaman scaling is fascinating. He was going head to head with Superman in the Justice League, and now he is just straight up pulverizing human beings who are working for this guy. Like it's it's crazy. But then he also gets like hit with stuff. I don't know that his his power scaling is very weird. I was also kind of disappointed. I like this. You know, when Patrick Wilson is like so dehydrated and they throw him in the ocean, and he gets up and he's Jack. Yeah, I kind of like that a little bit. Oh, I thought it was funny. I'm always in uh, on that move. so dumb. I thought maybe when they're in that land slash water environment fighting Black Manta, maybe part of their fighting style would be throwing each other in the water or like going in and out of the water. Oh, that's cool. Like, why isn't he Patrick Wilson gets wrecked? Why isn't Jason Momoa just grabbing him by the neck and like throwing him in the water? And then maybe he just like comes back out and then maybe Jason like dives back in to heal and then he comes back out. I don't know. I Maybe that makes Aquaman too dependent on the water, but they've established that Ocean Master is. Yeah. So maybe he could even do something with that, with the water and just make it more fun. I mean, they did such a good, good move with that with Namor, right? Yeah where he is dependent on the water and he, I forget what the, his rules were, but he's only able to skip, you know, five times or he's only able to be out of water for two minutes before he's got to go back in or whatever it is. And that created a much more restrictive, but much more complicated and interesting character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. Why not put that on Patrick Wilson or make him do some of that stuff or I don't know. I like that, man. I like, uh, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, we've got Glug Glug. Maybe we do like a recurring bit throughout the movie where Glug Glug is like doing like a little spurt of water and they're like, oh, man, what are you doing? (laughs) And then in the final fight, somebody got the shit kicked out of them. Aquaman's on the ground. He's about to die. He's really at the end of his rope. He can't access any water at all. Glug Glug comes over, squirts him in the face with the water. Aquaman gets back up. He's ready to fucking go. There was a scene in the old my dad had all these old Marvel comic books and he had a bunch of the Submariner and I forget who it was the sub they were doing like a Submariner slash it wasn't Doctor Strange but it was like you know one of those like where it's like two he didn't get a whole comic book he got like half of a comic book Hmm. and they did one where he's possessed by the purple man and the purple man tells Namor to go rob a bank and it's there's a giant vault 
And Namor's got the vault and he's trying to pull it out of the wall and he can't. He's not strong enough. So he sets off the fire alarm and the, the water comes down. It gets on his skin and he has this internal monologue about how the water seeps in and his muscles are becoming steel. And he just he's like enhanced by the water and then is able to rip the vault out of the wall. And I always thought that was such a cool characteristic and that was that's such a good gimmick that they're utilizing it for Namor. It'd be great if Aquaman had something like that. I mean, I don't know. It would be great. I'm beating this to death, but it would have been cool. Would have been cool. Uh, yeah. I also noticed that the Trident throw mm-hmm. that he does at the end is the same Trident throw move that he used to kill Manta's dad. Is it really? And and otherwise, I don't understand the significance of it. Is it a comic book move? He yells something. And then he underhands the trident Mm -hmm. and he does it like it's his signature move. And yet. You know, he's done it to kill a human being and then this like God. But why? Why is this underhand throw of the trident like the move? I I don't know. I didn't I didn't understand that. And this one, I think it was just so that the trident would line up with the other trident and like perfectly William tell it. But yeah, that doesn't require to be underhand underhand. as opposed it's like an underhand like whip and he says something and it exactly mirrors what happens to Manta's dad. Huh. Like for some reason he he hits him underhand with a trident as well and kills him. Yeah, maybe that is like a thing about the character in the comics that we don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's Tim, Momoa. Final they thought it out. There's no way they didn't think this through. It's <laughs> Momoa, Tim. Momoa? 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 Yeah. Moana? What were you saying? I don't know. The way you said Momoa really just... I have more questions than answers in all of this. I probably said it wrong. I, you know, he seems cool. I'm not there for these movies <laughs> he yet. He's cool. Um, God, he's so I want cool. this to, I want him to be in the expendables. I want him to be like, I want he's him to do like a trashy. Yeah, but I, I don't like his character in Fast and Furious. I want <laughs> I him do. to be like Aquaman specifically. I want him as Aquaman to be like in the Expendables and just fucking people up. I want him to have popped up out of the ocean on the boat in Expendables 4 and help them take down this nuke. Like that's the level of trash movie he should be in. They should be making Jean-Claude Van Damme movies with him. Like we've seen awareness where it's like, you know, phase one was superhero movies. There we go. Phase two was the idea of maybe superhero movies should each like be in a specific genre and then the superhero element is just a twist that we put on top like a heist movie or whatever um or a horror movie number three is going to be uh allowing it to be a specific caliber of movie so like what if aquaman movies were just intentionally lower budget action movies where it's just straight up a jean-claude van damme movie (laughs) speaking of jean-claude van damme well, as soon as I see Dolph Lundgren, I'm like, oh, okay. So this is all a joke yeah. then. Right? Yeah, I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it's a fucking no. joke. He shows him in the first one. He shows him in the second one. I'm just like, what the fuck is Dolph Lundgren doing here? Insane. <laughs> the man is a Patrick PhD. Wilson has to earn his respect. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Come on. He's got a PhD. Whatever. He's just like a, I don't know. He's just a goofy guy. It'd be like if Stallone was there. Like Stallone's in Guardians. And I'm like, okay, so this is a joke. Yeah. We don't care about any of this. I don't know why. It's goofy. He's just a goofy dude. Yeah. He's goofy. I do like your idea of just making him like a like a specific like getting him in a, in a good genre like 80s action movie. 
I feel like, you know, let's get Momoa as like a pirate or something. Let's make him Blackbeard. Let's braid that oh, beard a little bit. Fuck yeah. Let's just have him. Maybe he's not the lead, but he makes an incredible cameo, you know, in some pirate movie that they do. I mean, I just want to see more Momoa just being Momoa, yeah. you know, goofing off, hanging out, making the crew laugh. <laughs> By the way, and Nicole Kidman is great. It's very weird that she's in this because yeah. she is such a good actor. Yeah. And, and she is doing the dumbest shit. It's so stupid. But Nicole Kidman, Nicole Kidman's amazing. I mean, I don't know. It's very good. Nicole Kidman is so talented. God. Uh, is, I think she had a cold, by the way, in her scene, the first scene she like showed up in. Uh, where she was mm. giving a speech. I think she had a cold. She sounded congested. And then there was a scene that she happened later nose. where Amber Heard sounded congested. And I was like, oh, they're just passing a cold back and forth. This crew is <laughs> I thought it was, it was an acting choice because they were underwater oh. all the time and maybe their sinuses were congested. I could see that. They definitely had colds. I don't, I don't know. know, dude. Tim, we're running out of time. I got a big question for you. That's it. Is this yeah. movie better than air? <sighs> no. Yeah, no, there's no way. The first one is, the second one is not. Mm, agree to disagree. <laughs> All right. We'll take it from there. What do you think? Either Aquaman movie, better than air, worse than air, let us know. Send us an email, nerdy430 <laughs> at gmail.com. We'll be back here again next week with another aquatic one, Night Swim. We've been waiting for it. It's finally here. We'll see you here next week. Thanks for listening, everybody, and stay nerdy. Bye. Bye.